You are listening to audio from Hyde Park Baptist Church. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit hydepark.church. Good morning. There's a few more of you here for this service than there were last service. My name is Todd Stout. I am the executive director out at Camp Grace down in Fairmont, North Carolina. I know some of you, and some of you know me, and I'm pleased to have the opportunity to be here today and meet some of the rest of you, hopefully uh, get an opportunity as I share this morning in the Word of God. Uh, some things that, that will touch your heart, will help you to draw closer to Christ today. But I just thank you for the privilege of being here. And uh, when uh, Pastor Jeff and I spoke and the opportunity uh, was made available, I was pleased that he felt comfortable in leaving you, the, the people of God that are under his care, in my hands. And I, I appreciate that as a, that is a statement of faith on his behalf. Uh, toward me. But I want to share with you some things this morning. But before we begin, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. So let's pray together. Holy Father, we thank you so much for this day and the privilege that we have, God, to gather together, Lord, your people, to gather in worship, to gather to sing and lift up our voices in praise as we have done, Lord, to gather in fellowship and to, to greet and to welcome one another, God, and Lord, to come to a, this point in the service where we get to look intently into your holy gospel. And we pray this morning that as we spend these moments together, God, that you would speak. And Lord, that we would glorify you in our response to you. And it is in the name of our holy Savior, Jesus Christ, the only Savior, that we pray. His name is Jesus. Amen. This morning, I want to share just briefly about what Camp Grace is all about. Some of you are very familiar with Camp Grace. We've got a few young people down here who are very familiar with Camp Grace, and I'm glad to see these young people. And there's some of you out there that are familiar with Camp Grace. But we are actually Children's Bible Ministries of the Mid-Atlantic Incorporated. And that's kind of a mouthful, so we like to say Camp Grace because it comes out a whole lot easier. But we, are, we, we do operate the camp, but there is so much more that we do. And again, some of you are familiar with those things that we do, and some of you may not be as familiar with those things. But I want to just share with, with you a little bit this morning about who Camp Grace is, about who we are, about what we do, how God works in, in our lives and through our lives uh, as we go. And you have, that's our staff. Uh, there's 11 of us full-time on staff. Number 12 is currently raising his support. Uh, um, Jacob is his name, and he is in St. Louis working and trying to raise support to come and be a part of our staff. You have a couple of staff members sitting back here that come regularly to your church. Uh, Mark and Caitlin, uh, they come here and worship with you all regularly, and uh, they are here today as well. But just so that you're aware, CBM... Children's Bible Ministries is a national organization. It was begun in 1935 in Lakeland, Florida. And it began because there was a, a husband and a wife who saw a need in the little children of their community for the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
And they saw a need at the public schools to have an opportunity to share that gospel, and they went and began going to the schools and teaching the gospel, out of which came the first camp amongst the CBM Camp Ministries, which is Camp Gilead there in Lakeland. Eventually, that camp started there. But this ministry began in this area because back in the 1940s, there was a dear lady, and uh, she began praying that God would send someone to this community, to Robinson County, to teach the children the gospel. Her name was Miss Blue. And Miss Blue prayed for seven, eight years that God would send somebody to meet the needs of the public school children in Robinson County. And God answered that prayer in 1955 when Miss Grace Garthwaite left New Life Camp in Raleigh and came here to begin teaching. How many of y'all knew Miss Grace? Okay, a few of you. How many of you went to classes with Miss Grace? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, when Miss Grace was doing this, Miss Grace went to the schools, and all of the kids went down to the auditorium. I see a lot of heads shaking over here. Went down to the auditorium, just like y'all are sitting here today, and she would pull out her flannel graph. For those of you who are old enough to remember what a flannel graph is, and she'd put her pictures up on the... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to call you out. Uh, <laughs> Put her pictures up on the flannel graph. These young people over here looking like, what are you talking about? You mean it's not a video? Um, before video, young people, before video happened. But, and she would tell the gospel. And if you memorized 500 memory verses, how many of y'all memorized 500 memory verses got to go to Camp New Life? There's some of you here. Now, in the 1980s, the federal government got involved and said, you can't do religious training on public school property. And so CBM Ministries, which is a, a national organization, had to change the way they operated because we were going into the schools and could no longer do that. So what came out of that was not just through CBM, but through the, through the government, the approval to do what is called released time ministries. Now, I know that some of you all have seen that, that big truck with that trailer rolling around town, right? When you see that, you just say a prayer because that's either going to teach some children the gospel or it has been to teach some children the gospel. And so you'd be praying when you see that thing because those, those lessons need the prayers of God's people going with them. Now, I'm kind of jumping around here and I apologize for that. Uh, we have come from Miss Grace and the work that she did by herself with some volunteers to 11 full-time staff members. In 1987, there was 240 acres in, in south of Fairmont that was donated to the ministry to begin a camp ministry. That, that property prior to that had been a sand hole slash the gathering place for all the wayward teenagers of Robinson County and trash. And we still find the trash. It just seeps up through the sand. Anyway, the ministry of the camp started after 1987 when that property was donated. Now, CBM is really now an international organization. We not are, just not, are not just in the United States. But there are 13 uh, ministry locations in the United States, getting ready to add the 14th one which will be in Utah, 11 of those are have camp facilities. 
and the um, we have now have joined with us some overseas partnerships, and we have begun some overseas missions that are uh, CBM started. We have we have uh, areas in Kenya, Moldova, Honduras, London. The Philippines is fixing to start. We're sending missionaries that are finishing up raising their support to go to the Philippines. Uh, they were trying to go in January. They didn't quite make it. They're still raising that support. The new launch date, I believe, is May. So that, that family is still trying to raise their support. And they're going to the Philippines to go to the schools and teach the gospel, kind of like Miss Grace did, because you can go into the schools there and you can teach the gospel. Then uh, the, the other one is uh, mine, and my wife is right here, Miss Catherine. I'm sorry to introduce my wife. But she's sitting down here. Our daughter left uh, last Sunday morning for Guatemala for a year. And we've joined a partnership with, uh, with a ministry there in Guatemala, uh, reaching the kids in an orphanage that, that this other Christian organization has developed there. So we are, all over, we are now all over, literally all over the world. We have, we have a site in London and a site in Moldova as well that are, that are uh, part of this. The um, CBM does three things. We try to do three things very well. And we call them the three C's. And the first of those C's is the classes. You see the, you see the rolling chapel there. We go into the public schools, we take the kids out, we bring them out to the rolling chapel or a church next door if there's a church next door or to a community center that's next door if there's one possible that we don't have to use the rolling chapel. We are currently in 23 schools this year. Last year we were in 25 schools, but as you know, some of the schools closed their doors, some things happened and some things rearranged and, and all those things happened and we, we lost some schools, we lost some young people. And so last year we had four, over 4,000 enrolled. This year we have right at 3,700 enrolled. Last year, having taught those 4,000 children the gospel, we had 368 children come to know the Lord. Amen? So the Lord works. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord for His work. This year, we have already had 84 children come to know the Lord in release time classes. And the work continues. We continue to go to those schools. Now, the second C is correspondence. We do what's called mailbox club. And mailbox club is if, if in those school classes, the children fill out this little card, a little yellow card. Some of you in those classes know what I'm talking about. And mail it back in. You'll get those mailbox clubs. Any, any children here doing mailbox club? There's one. Just one doing mailbox lessons? Oh, my. We got to work on that, church. Now, we do, there's, there's three different parts to the, to the correspondence classes. There's a mailbox club from the schools, and they get those lessons. They send them in, and for every lesson they fill out and do the work and send it back in, they get $10 off as a scholarship to summer camp. Okay? That's the mailbox club. The camper lessons, now if your child has been to camp, they receive the camper lessons, which is given to them, the first one is given to them when they leave camp that day. And so, actually, we're going to do that a little different this year, but I don't know exactly all the details. We're still working on it. But it's going to be done a little differently this year. But that first lesson gets them the next lesson. You don't ever get the next lesson until the, the, the last one comes in. But for the camper lessons, if you do all the lessons, you get a $100 scholarship for camp. Uh, you, you don't get $10 for one, $20 for two, that kind of thing. And then the third kind is what these young people over here do, and that's the, the teen lessons. 
And the teen lessons are a little more in-depth and a little more a little deeper study, and they're part of our team ministry. And they come out and they work. Team stands for teens excited about ministry, and they come and they work and they serve, and, and, and they have a lot of time with the, the staff at the camp, and they get to do a lot of stuff. They're out there all the time uh, working and serving and having fun, right? So that's the correspondence. The third C is, of course, camp. We do summer camp. Last year we had uh, five weeks of overnight camp and one week of day camp. We had 509 children come to camp, children and youth come to camp, which was the biggest summer we've ever had. Uh, praise the Lord. We had uh, 30, make sure I get the right number here, 39 salvations last summer in summer camp. This year we have added a week of camp so we can hopefully gain even more children to come to camp this year, and hopefully we'll have more children come to know the Lord at camp this summer. Be praying about that, because there are children that need to come to camp, and some of them are sitting in this room. And some of them that come to camp have friends that need to come to camp and hear the gospel. So be praying about that. Praying that these young people can come and hear the gospel and learn and grow in their faith in Christ. So we've had our all-time high. Now, we don't just do those three things. We also do retreats. Those are our main three things. We do retreats. We offer retreats. And, uh, brother, you can bring a youth group down there and have a nice retreat down there at Camp Grace. Anytime you call, and we'll get it worked out. And you adults, you adult leaders out here, you can come out and do a retreat or a day event or whatever you want to do. Uh, deacons, y'all can come have your deacons retreat out there, and, and, and we'll, we'll do good with that. But on the retreats, we can do as much or as little as you would like us to do. You can come in and we can, we can cook and we can uh, provide activities and that sort of thing for you, even if you want to do your programming. But we also will open the door and let you in, and you can do it all yourself. And uh, we, we host both ways. And so we're glad to have the retreat groups come and be a part and, and to share in that. Now, there are some things that you can do. Uh, you see the see some of the how many of y'all have been out to the camps? Well, that's that's better than the last go round. How many of you been out there recently? Okay, if you haven't been out in a while, you need to come on back out. You need to see what's going on because God is at work, and there are things happening out there that uh, are just amazing because it is way more than it was just a few years ago. There's a whole lot more going on there than there was just even a few years ago. Some ways that you can join with us. First and foremost, always pray. Please pray for us. The 11 of us that are there on staff, we are missionaries. We are self-supporting missionaries. This camp does not pay us to be there. We come with our support so that we can serve the Lord. And we just pray for your, we cover your prayers because they strengthen us and enable us to be able to do the work that we do. We also, uh, again, come visit, see who we are. Volunteer. I need to put another another one up there. Volunteer. If you have time and would like to volunteer in our classes, especially we have some schools that are going on where we struggle to get enough volunteers, and uh, we're having to to pull uh, staff members out of their offices when they've got work to do to go to these schools, which is fine. We do it. We, we're going to do it because we want the kids to be reached. But if you could volunteer and help in a school, that would be a huge blessing to us. It also puts in the midst of these children local church members who can sow into the lives of the children, which impacts them beyond us as staff. 
because we don't get we cannot disciple as well and as much as we would like to but you as the church can draw those young people in to your programming and encourage them to be a part of the discipling that you do in into the lives of children uh yes i'm going to talk about money i didn't get the corporate sigh i'm pleased to hear that we do operate on faith like I said, all of us as missionaries are self-supporting. We have folks that send money to Camp Grace so that we can be paid, so that we can do the work that we do. We need money because we have to operate. Our ministry is all a faith-based ministry, and we are striving to uh, meet the needs of these children. And going costs money. Doing the ministry that we do costs money. And the churches support us. Individuals support us. So if the Lord would have you to support the ministry and the general fund and the release time ministries, uh, that would be greatly appreciated as well. We have a big project going on right now. The um, I don't know if you know them. You probably have heard at least the name uh, Keith and Sandy Eggert, Pastor Keith out at Antioch Baptist Church. He is retired from their position out there, and uh, they are trying to get themselves situated to move back to Florida, which is where they're from and where their family is. And so they are trying to move back. And years ago when they came up here, because... Mr. Bobby and Miss Karen were family. They, they were able to move on to camp property and put a house on the property. And we're trying to purchase that house from them. It's going to help them and be a blessing in their lives, but it's going to help us as a staff with staff housing. And so I'm, if, if you would be willing to give toward that, we're, we're trying to raise $75,000 to purchase that uh, modular home from them. And so uh, pray about that. If the Lord would have you to give toward that project, that would be tremendous uh, as well. The um, scholarship fund. Last year, Camp Grace gave away over $30,000 in scholarship funds. We had a lot of young people in this county. We have a lot of young people every year that can't come to camp without the assistance. Now, all those doing Bible lessons, that's part of our scholarship fund. And as well, those who who need the help that come in, if they've been before or been to classes, we ask before we give them scholarship funds, did you do your lesson? Now, it doesn't always work out that way, but we strive to have that as an input because that means they're working their way to camp. They're striving to learn more about Christ and doing what they can to get there. So, we, like I said, we gave away over $30,000 in funds last year. We didn't quite bring in as much as we gave away because we'd rather fill a bed with a child than have a child not get to come to camp. Now, we can't do that for everybody. But if you would like to give for a child to go to camp, $250 sends a child to camp. Now, you might say, well, that's a lot of money. We are one of the least expensive camps that I'm aware of. Uh, I've got a friend that works at a camp. Their camp fees are well over $500. And there's another camp that's part of CBM, part of our organization, that, that a couple of their camps are over $1,000 a week. And so we, have, we strive to keep the cost down so that these kids can come to camp. And so $250 sends a child to camp. If you can participate and be a part of that, that would be great. Follow us if you're, well, you're, you're younger, most of you, than me, and you're, you're probably more tech-savvy than I am. And... Uh, I'm on Facebook, but those other two, I know what they are, but I don't do them. Uh, I had a hard enough time learning Facebook. But uh, Twitter and Instagram as well, 
Go in, like us, follow us on your page, and then you'll get the updates and all the things that are going on at Camp Grace and be able to keep up with those things. Um, if, um, again, I, I don't know whether I mentioned or not, again, we're all self-supporting missionaries. If you would feel led to support a missionary in your community, that's who we are. And not one of us as missionaries here are fully supported. We are all still raising our support level and trying to get to that 100%, which would would help us stay active in the ministry and the things that we do. Uh, but those are the things about camp, and I appreciate your attention on that. I want to get into the Word of God. Amen? We're in Mark chapter 10 today. Mark chapter 10. If you'll turn with me there as we read. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible this morning. Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 13. Love to hear the pages rustle. Verse 13. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Because, and don't stop them, because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. After taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them, and he blessed them. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this word, and we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to you, that we might know you better by this experience. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Now, I want you to think about this passage of Scripture for a minute. This idea that Jesus had children coming to him and that he would lay his hands on them and that he would bless them. What might that have looked like? What, what would the life of a child touched by the hands of Jesus look like? How might that impact them? I want you to think about that in today's terms. What would the life of a child today touched by the hands of Jesus, look like? What impact would that have in the life of that child? Now you might say, well, Pastor Todd, there's Jesus isn't here. Jesus is in heaven. But I want you to understand that Jesus is here. And if you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, He dwells within you in the form of the Holy Spirit. Hence, your hands are the hands of Jesus. Your feet are the feet of Jesus. And as you go and as you touch and bless, Jesus is going and touching and blessing. Now, I served in ministry uh, as a pastor for 30 years, over 30 years. And some of you might know me because I was over at East Lumberton Baptist Church back in the 90s for eight years as a minister of music and youth with Leroy Burke over there. And so, how many of y'all grew up in this church, adults? Okay. Uh, I grew up, when I, when I was here and, and I was working this church and my church did a whole bunch of stuff together. And we did a lot of youth activities. Uh, we used to dig a pit right here and have, have messy mud games right here on this, probably right where this building's sitting. And so I might have even 
seen you guys. But anyway, the, the idea of being the hands and feet of Jesus, in all those years of youth ministry, I was able to see a lot of people touch the lives of a lot of children in different ways in ministry and minister to them. And I want to tell you about two, two young men that the Lord ministered to through the hands of a couple. Norman and Jackie Downing. They were an older couple. They, Mr. Mr. Norm was um, had some some health issues. He got around on a on a heavy duty walker, and Miss Jackie spent most of her time helping take care of Mr. Norm. And they had a couple that that helped them around the house and in the yard. And and Alice and David came. Miss Alice helped in the house, and Mr. David helped in the yard with all the yard work. Now Miss Alice had two young boys. And Miss Alice and Mr. David, their pastimes were not necessarily what you would consider godly things to do, including a lot of drinking. And those boys lived in a rough, a rough trailer park, and they experienced a lot of stuff that young men in our hearts and minds ought not have to go through. But as the relationship began to build between Miss Jackie and uh, Miss Alice, Miss Jackie went to Miss Alice and said, would you mind if I came and got your boys and took them to church with me on Sunday? Miss Alice said, sure, you can do that. And so that next Sunday morning, Miss Jackie and Mr. Norm got up real early, got ready for church, got in the car and drove from where they lived over to the worst trailer park, drug-infested community in the area and picked up those two boys and brought those two boys to church. Well, a lot of things happened. Long story short, both those boys got saved. Even better than that, Alice and Davis got saved. Radically. Dave especially changed his life, gave up drinking and drugs, started reading his Bible every day, got those boys to church, changed lives because of the hands of Jesus in the life of Jackie and Norm. Now, I tell you all that to get into this passage of Scripture. Because in verse 13, we're told that the access to Jesus is denied. Who denies the access to Jesus in this passage? The disciples. The disciples stifle and stop those children from coming to Jesus. And, and they, they meant well. They didn't realize the implications of what they were doing. They weren't trying to be mean to the children and their families. What were they trying to do? They were trying to protect Jesus. Now, you need to understand that in that day, the children had very little standing in society. It was unlike it is today where, where the children are held in high esteem in most cases. But the children in that day were, were second-class citizens. And they really didn't have any value in life 
in that day until they reached the age of accountability and were able to go to work. The disciples thought, oh, well, Jesus is tired. He's been teaching and preaching. He's worn out. He needs some time to himself, some alone time, some quiet time. And this is it. Y'all leave him alone. Now, I want you to think about that. They, they, were, they were actually well-meaning, I think, in what they were doing. But think about it today. Today, who is it that denies access of the children to Jesus? What do you think? I heard something, but I didn't understand it. The government to keep us out of the schools. Who else? Parents. Anybody else? I didn't understand it. Other adults. There you go. It's. It's crowded and I and it's echoing in here. I'm having a hard time hearing some of you, but thank you so much. I believe, and I've seen this as as a youth pastor for a lot of years. I've seen this. the the number one thing, person, the number one group that keeps children from uh, from Jesus is the families. Folks in my generation and the children that they raised so often in my generation, there was a disillusionment about what church was all about because of some of the things that went on in church. And then the children that, that were raised outside of the church and outside away from the gospel, and they see no need. They see no need in take going to church. It doesn't concern them. We have a great niece and nephew that I don't know if they've been in church more than a dozen times in their life. And their mother was raised in church and their father was not. And they have no use for the church. Somebody wants to take them to church, they're welcome to go if the kids want to go, but they're not going to make sure that they get there. Families either passively or actively, typically are the ones that are keeping children from Christ. I want you to think about what that looks like in our society. What does it look like to have a society that's growing up without the influence of the church and Christ in their lives? Do you get a picture? Drugs and alcohol, crime, all kind of variant lifestyles that don't line up with Scripture? It's a dark picture, and all we have to do is step outside the doors of the church, and there it is, church. Now, I want you to see this next, what this next verse tells us. It says that access was granted. When Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. You see. Jesus opened the door for those children, and he says, send them to me. Bring them to me. Bring them on because they need what I have to offer. That's what Jesus was saying to these, his disciples and to these children. And he was impacting their lives by accepting them as they were 
where they were. And church, that's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. And I want us to think about that for just a minute. You see, Jesus went out of His way to make an impact in the lives of those young people. Jesus went out of His way. Now, we've already talked about the fact that we are the hands and the feet of Jesus, right? And so when you think about that, when you think about who we are and who we are to be in Christ Jesus, we need to consider how we're living and how we're acting and what we're doing. See, we see these things happening all around us, and it's like, oh, what can we do? Well, Jesus told His disciples, therefore He told us as His children, that as you go, make disciples. It's not as you go, beat people up with their sin. It's not as you go, tell people where they're wrong. It's not as you go, uh, get into political hot debate over issues going on in the world. He said, as you go, make disciples. When we look at this society and we see what's going on in our world around us, there is only one thing that is going to make a difference in this world. Anybody tell me what it is? Or should I say, who He is? Jesus. Jesus is the only one in this entirety of creation that is going to make a difference in this lost and dying world that is headed straight for hell. And they're living like hell on this earth. And without the church being the hands and feet and going and touching and changing the lives through the gospel, of those lost souls in this community, in our society, will there be a difference made? Church, we have a task that we are called to. We are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. The church is supposed to be on a mission. That doesn't mean you come in and, and come to worship and then go home and do your own thing. It means when you leave here, you're built up prepared, ready to go out and make disciples. Give me that next, scr next screen. Any of you recognize this guy? I think my neighbors thought that was me when I was his age. Dennis the Menace and the poor guy that always had to deal with him, Mr. Wilson. And Mr. Wilson would, would be sitting at home and Dennis would come running up what do you think of when you see me coming, Mr. Wilson? Well, this is what the neighbors thought of me. Oh, I don't know, fire truck, ambulance, repair guy, therapist. What do you think of when you see these young people, the children, the youth, the young adults coming your way? How does it strike you? Do you pull out your phone and get the 911 uh, speed dial ready to go? You see, church, we need to have a different mindset than the world. And our mindset needs to be when we see these young people that, that we are concerned about, we see the things that are going on, when we see young people that have a need, we have to recognize that that need is Jesus. What if 
we as God's people changed our attitudes toward what we see in this society. And when we see those things that, that, that cause us heartache and concern, we would say, that person needs Jesus. That person needs to know about the Savior who can change their lives for eternity. That person needs to have the impact of Christ. And then take that call to, as we go, make disciples to heart and intercede in that life. You see, church, we have a, we have a command, a commission to go and to do and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But we don't end there. You see, in verse 15, we see the access given to that blessing. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. After taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them and he blessed them. Jesus said, bring them on. And he went and he blessed those children and he impacted the lives of those young people because of his great love for them. He has a great love for those around us today. And he says, and except you come as a little child, you will not see the kingdom of God. Now, you might say, well, does that mean you have to come like a child, as a child, as in, in your early years, and that's not what it says. It's a heart condition. Now, when back in the, um, the late 80s, I was serving while I was working on my master's degree in a little church called Summit Hills Baptist Church in South Louisville, Kentucky. And I was a minister of music and youth. And there was a lady that sat right where my wife is sitting every Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Miss Sandy was sitting right there, second pew, right there, never missed, unless she was deathly ill. Miss Sandy was in church. Miss Sandy was married to Mr. Terry, and he was a good guy, but he was not saved. And he wouldn't come to church because he was going to be fishing every Sunday, weather permitting, and if it weren't permitting, he was probably in the garage cleaning up his boat because he had a big, fancy bass boat. Now, Mr. Terry, in my mind, he was an old guy. Of course, I was early 20s. He was the age I am now. So when you all hear me call myself an old guy, you know where I get that. But one, one Sunday, Miss, Terry, Miss Sandy walked up to me and said, Todd, can Mr. Terry come practice with your choir on Wednesday night? She said he won't sing in church because he's not saved, but, but he loves gospel music. I said, Miss Sandy, I don't care if he comes to practice, but you're right. He can't sing on Sunday because he's not a born-again believer in Christ, and that just wouldn't be right. And so Wednesday night, sure enough, Mr. Terry was sitting in the choir loft. We got ready to practice, and he was there, and he sang, and he loved to sing, and it was evident, and he had a beautiful voice. And so three, four Wednesdays, he, he was there, and just nothing changed other than he showed up on Wednesday night. And then the next Sunday morning, Mr. Terry was sitting right there with Miss Sandy. A few weeks go by. Invitation comes. Mr. Terry gets up and walks up to our pastor and gives his life to Jesus Christ. Remember, he was an old guy like me. 
You don't have to be a child to come to Christ. You just have to receive Him with childlike faith, trusting and believing that He is who He says He is and that He loves you and is going to do what He promised to do, and that is save your soul. We have to understand that and minister into those lives. We can come anytime if we'll listen and give ourselves over to Christ. And He will take us, just like He did those children, and touch our lives. And we, if you have never been there, church, if you've not been born again, you can recognize in Jesus Christ today that you will never be the same. Amen, church? If you've been touched by Christ, your life will never be the same. Now, what happens when children don't get taken to Jesus? Look at our society today. Look at where we are and all that's going on and all the things that we see and we, we wring our hands over in our society. That negative impact in our society is because children are not taken to Jesus. People don't hear the gospel. We, the church, don't stand up and do our work in reaching and touching the lives of the lost in this lost and dying world. Society has made an impact. Satan has made an impact on society, and, in, and society is making an impact on the church. We need to be bold, church. We need to go. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go ye therefore, or therefore go, or in a literal translation, as you go, make disciples. How many of you all are going this week? Nobody's going anywhere this week? How many of you going to the store this week? Anybody going to Walmart? Who's going to the restaurant in a few minutes? How many of you got to go to work this week? How many of you going to the school this week? I want you to understand, you're already going. You're already going. It's not something new. You don't have to make up some excuse to go. You are in the process of going in this life. The question is, are you going to make disciples as you go, or are you just going to go? Now, I want you to know, I have never read anywhere in here in studying God's words where Jesus went up and got the scroll from the temple and went around beating people up with the scrolls. Making disciple does not mean you get in somebody's face and berate them with Scripture and tell them they're a sinner bound for hell, even though they may be a sinner bound for hell. Jesus taught the truth and showed His love in the way He lived His life in the midst of people. Church, as we go, we are to share the gospel and show the love. Sometimes the gospel is hard. Sometimes there are things people need to hear that, that are difficult to hear, but you don't have to beat them up with the Bible to try to win them to faith. Because typically all that does is turn them away. As you go, church, 
be the hands and feet of Jesus. As you go, make disciples. Church, we're going to come to a time of decision, in, invitation right now. Maybe the Lord's spoken to you this morning and, and you need to say, you know, I've never accepted Jesus as my Savior. Church, there's nothing you can do more important in your life than give your life over to Christ. If you've never made a decision for Christ, if you've never given your life to Him, don't leave here today without making that decision. Calling out on Him for salvation. Maybe you have and you've kind of walked away and you need to get back to Christ. Or maybe you have and today you've recognized that you need to be making disciples as you go, more so than you have in the past. Let the Lord do business in your heart today. I'll be here if you need to talk to me or would like to talk to me. If there's somebody else you'd rather talk to, that's okay. Whatever you do, talk to Jesus. Make sure you get it right. Don't leave here without doing business with God because He's ready to do business with you. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would work and move in our midst this morning, God, as we have studied your word and we have seen what you have for us. God, I pray that you would impact each of us for the gospel, each of us for your glory. And Lord, that we would be changed as we leave this place by your Holy Spirit. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this week's sermon. For more information about Hyde Park Baptist Church, please check out our website, hydepark.church, or on social media on Facebook and Instagram, at Hyde Park Baptist. 